and it's to be astonished is one of the surest ways of not growing old too quickly. Oh, yes. Absolutely. To keep astonished. Yeah. Yes. To keep us on to wonder. That's yeah. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, anyway, that's, that's what I was... Well, thank you. That's wonderful. And I'll tell you, since you told us the three words a couple of days ago, I have been trying to figure out how to use them. So maybe I did it this morning on my Facebook quote. Yes, Shall absolutely. I read that? Yeah. Um, maybe as our people, if I've mentioned it before out there in uh, podcast land, I write something on Facebook every day. And if you'd like to be my friend, my name is Beth Allman Ford. And just let me know that you um, are connecting with me through podcasts. And I will be happy to friend you. We have a lot of fun. And the quote was by a woman named Melina Marchetta. And she said, Because today... I think I'm leaning on the side of wonder. And then I wrote, Because today I want to look at things and people and ideas and marvel. I want to ponder why. I want to be amazed, surprised, astonished by the very stuff I take for granted. I want to truly see my friends and appreciate their quirks and qualities. I want to sing along with the creek and birds and wind and awaken that little child who once lived in this old body. I wonder if she's still a resident. I think she is. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Anyway, I think I used all three of your words. You did. <laughs> That's impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the thing I was thinking the most about when you brought them up is how why is the biggest question I think anybody asks. You know, when you start when you're little, you know, say, Daddy, why is this? Why is that? Why is the sky blue? Why is, uh, Why are there clouds or whatever? But as you get older, some of those questions eventually just don't have an answer. Yeah. Or you have to find an answer that fills that feeling of why and the the why me um, question or why my child or whatever can't be answered either mm -hmm. but there's a bit of wonder in that too I think well I think the how I arrived at all of those is um, the the point of the Colette quote about being astonished and and as your your Facebook quote, Beth, um, says you want to be amazed, you want to be astonished, you want to be in awe. And so then that takes you to the wonder, and it sort of naturally takes you to the question of why. Yeah. The wonder, I wonder why. But then in a conversation, this was kind of interesting, um, having a conversation with a friend, Cliff, um, he pointed out that some people actually ask why and other people ask how when presented with the same mm. point of wonder. Philosophy versus science, perhaps. Yeah. Ah, and do you are. know what? Nietzsche has a very quote uh, about that, Frederick Nietzsche. Mm-hmm. He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. No. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand it, but it was, uh, to it's be honest. It's definitely something to think about. Mm -hmm. You can bear any how. What does that mean? I mean, really? Hmm. Well, if you have a why. Why is the world round? Mm -hmm. How? Does it function as a round being? Uh, I don't you know. You can bear any how. I don't know. Well, maybe we'll come up with some answers during this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Let's well, I see. Sure hope yeah. so. I almost flunked 
philosophy, so Nietzsche was never my friend, I guess. Yeah, really. <laughs> sort of tough. Tough. Yeah. Well, we, we'll talk about this a little bit more. Yeah. Well, um, Peter gave us a couple of songs. Oh, tell so, us. You know, this is, uh, these are kind of universal concepts in a way. So the songs that he uh, sent us were from the 50s. And Peter is Kathleen's yeah. husband. Yeah. Yeah, we've also talked about Peter quite a bit in all of our ups and downs. And uh, he sent the one called uh, Runaway that was done by Del Shannon. Uh, As I walk along, I wonder what went wrong with our love. Mm. You know, and I wonder why she ran away, my little runaway. Oh, yes. And if I could sing, I would say, why, 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 why. And <laughs> people remember that song. For yep. sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then he also sent one called I Wonder Why by Dion and the Belmonts. And I didn't recognize it. I liked it, but I didn't recognize it from... You hum us a little bit? No, I didn't know. I don't know it well enough. But it mm. says, don't know why. I love you like I do. And then it brings all these questions of other people saying that he's gonna, she's going to break his heart. But he's still going to love her and whatever. And um, I didn't recognize that song. Mm -hmm. I, I recognized Dion and the Belmonts mm -hmm. because they did some other stuff, but I didn't recognize that one. Wow. Well, so people may just have to jump up on YouTube yeah, from their yeah, home the computer. Yeah, I'll put links to them and see what other people think about them. But wonder sometimes does have that sense of awe or yeah. awesome. And, of course, the, uh, the song that immediately came to my mind, being a 70s child and raised in a Presbyterian church, I think it was Chris Christopherson did Why Me Lord. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. that's totally different background than y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember. Remember? Yeah, you know, and, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, there was all why sorts me? of whys and, and wherefores and, and feeling inadequate and you know, all of that in that song that um, is a little different type of wonder. Mm -hmm. So, anyhow, that's my song part my music bit so do we want to go to a little sweet a little sweet what project have you well, been working on i am on? still working on quill and um that's the hat shawl that um kathleen hasn't seen it yet so i'm gonna pull it out so she can see i don't unravel it i have 40 more rows on the middle section very good yeah She's and, been keeping us uh, updated. Yeah, so uh, this is a, a particular shawl done. The, um, it's a traditional shawl from the Shetland Islands that was made uh, for, the working women made it. It's made, you make a square in the middle and then you put a border around it. This particular pattern is by a young man named Jared Flood, who's an amazing designer. And I am creating it out of wool yarns. And so that's my project. And um, I had another dis knitting disaster because oh. I can't read. I'm making some mittens for a cousin of mine. And I uh, got them all the way done. And they turned out weird and pointy because I totally read the pattern wrong. And I had to take it all apart and do it again. Leslie, I'm going to surprise you and say something about knitting. Okay. <laughs> As our people know, I am not the craft person. But uh, I had dinner the other night with Ann Anna Zilberg, which yeah. in the knitting world, she's like queen, right? Absolutely. One queen of our Anna. grand dames. And knitting. she was talking about how mittens got started. Oh, interesting. That they actually were socks. And I forget what country, whatever. Well, she's the mitten queen. Exactly. She wrote a book called Magnificent Mittens. Yes. Well, apparently people were knitting socks and then traveled up through several countries. And they ended up to where it was cold, you know, like yeah. Scandinavia or somewhere. And they ended up taking those socks and turning them inside out and trying to follow the pattern and the problem is, is that they ended up being too pointy. Oh. 
because you start at the toe, but if it's with mittens, apparently you start somewhere else. I mean, obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, you're fine. But when you said pointy, this is what Anna said. Mine looked really pointy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe they'd be good socks. They were kind of obscene, actually, but we won't go there. No, (laughs) that's funny. And she also taught me, told me something that I didn't know. She said that when you make a mistake, and I just always assumed you all had to unravel and unravel, but that you can just go in a one row down and correct your mistake. You sure can. Well, yep. what do you know? Yeah, when you drop, everybody knows about dropping a stitch. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're not a knitter, you've heard people right. talk about right. dropping a stitch, and you can easily remedy that. You can also easily remedy a hole. That you've accidentally made. There's some things, but Alma's a much better knitter than I am. There's some things I have to go back for. Mm. <laughs> she, she can do it a lot better. But I can correct if I drop a stitch, and I can correct if I screwed up and made a hole. Oh, well, so that's, that's something. Yeah. But, yeah, knitting is a very forgiving craft. You know, uh, right. You do things. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you have some projects. Well, I'll tell you what. I... And back into my postcards. Yay! You know, I I have about 50,000 postcards. It's a mess. It's a room that needs help. But um, after my eye surgeries this past year, it's been very hard to work on the laptop, not the laptop, but the desktop screen um, in order to do my eBay work with postcards. Well, I got a really big electric bill a couple weeks ago, and I said, well, so what if I get dizzy? I've got to get cards back up on eBay. So I started going through some postcards that people had given me over the course of this past year that I hadn't gone through yet, and got them up on eBay, and have sold... um, Five of them, awesome. so I'm back to my... It's funny, eBay is this interesting animal. I've been doing it now for 16 years, and in all that time, I always sell one-third of what I put up. Yeah. And it's just like I can't seem to do better, but I don't do worse. I always sell like five out of 15. That's a third. Yeah. But I had one, uh, one that sold was... A lighthouse in uh, Port Isabel, Texas. One was German soldiers from World War One. Oh, that was a real photo. You could see those guys' faces so clearly. Just amazing. I've got another one that hasn't sold yet of a barrage balloon. That they, this is also World War One German, has the Iron Cross painted on it. It looks sort of like what a Zephyr, um, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever those are called, That and they would send it up so that they could see them. So it was almost... Like, a, like an observation. Like an observation, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. So uh, that's just, that's the beauty of postcards. You learn so much about a place. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or an era. I just, I am just fascinated. So now I'm all excited about my postcards again. Right. I'm just spending hours and the time flies. Absolutely. So. Well, eBay has been my friend selling old college humor magazines. That's paid my bills this month. All right. They're a little bit. Dirty, but <laughs> risque, as yeah, they would risque. say. Is this nineteen twenties? Yeah, nineteen twenties, early thirties. And uh, but I sold ten out of ten this last time. Oh, which my. never happens. No, that's amazing. Yeah, are they all from different colleges? Or no, where? they're not even from a college. They're from this um, company called Collegiate World Publications, and they, I guess, they collect um, jokes and stuff from these different. Um, some are from different colleges. It's kind of hard to tell what they're doing because um, they the names that they put on the jokes are like um, Ollie Heffelmeyer or they're all made up uh-huh. things. And then they have articles by some really good writers. Um, um, Cornell Woolrich is that one of the writers from? But some really good writers. They have and um, they had there were a place where a lot of 
young writers broke in to the um, uh, into the business. Gosh, I don't know that I've ever heard yeah, of that magazine. Like, well, the title is called College Humor. Lots and lots and lots of artwork. Lots and lots and lots of jokes and a few articles. So was that sort of the playboy of the day or no, something? No, not really. They weren't quite, well, maybe, but they weren't quite um, quite as pointed. As mm -hmm. The, the um, cartoons have some, uh, a lot of um, scantily clad girls, mm -hmm. you know. Sort of the early pinup. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, maybe, uh, but they're they're little, and a lot of Dr. Seuss, the ones that sold the highest were old early Dr. Seuss, oh. and they were not children's drawings. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really interesting. I'll put up a link to, or I'll, maybe I'll put up a picture of, of a couple, because mm. by the time this goes out, the eBay links will be gone. Right, right. But yeah, that was very interesting with that one they went. Is uh, that the end of your collection, or do you? Yeah, well, that's not end of the ones I found so far. So that's all I have right now. But there's a lot more stuff I haven't looked at yet. So we'll see. <laughs> there could be more. Yeah, there were about 20 of them. Yeah, and they were all different issues, and they were all from the, the 20s to the... Third. I don't think there were any in the 1910s, the but there were 20s and early 30s. And do you do better putting them up individually or as a... Individually, but what, what I do better is if I can put up a block of 10 or 20... Uh huh. You know, so that people can, like, I have one guy buy three, one guy bought two, one guy bought four. You know. Uh huh. And then they do better on the shipping. Uh huh. Yeah. So anytime I do anything, I usually put several of something. It's like with postcards. Yeah, exactly. If I can find a couple from, like, a couple World War One, and yeah. a couple from this town in Texas, right. and yeah. yeah. But so even though you put it up there to sell two, you would still. Sell one, or yes. you say yeah. yes. I I always do them all s s separately. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, once in a while I'll put a couple of something if it's like really, um, they really tie together, or one of them I think probably won't sell, and I can throw it in, <laughs> you know, just to get rid of it and make somebody feel like they're getting something better and happier. Mm -hmm. You know that they're getting a deal if it's something that I don't feel like I can really. So it takes a lot of time to put this stuff up. It does. Yeah, and then to pack it up and ship it so that it will get somewhere safely. All that takes a lot of time. It's a lot so more. We earn work. our keep. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we earn that six dollars and ninety-five cents. Yeah, don't exactly. We? <laughs> so now I wanted to go back, Beth, to your using the computer. Are you feeling better, or do you still have dizziness from the using your? I, there's still some dizziness. It's not it's not real comfortable, but on the other hand, I pace myself and just work for about an hour. Mm -hmm. Well, that's better anyway. Mm -hmm. Not to do too much of one thing. Uh, when I'm doing my arts and crafts or whatever, I'll do a little bit of spinning, and then I'll do a little bit of knitting, and then I'll do a little bit of crochet or whatever, and then I'll work on the computer a while and break up because I'm worried about carpal tunnel and, mm -hmm. you know, because I can't afford to break my hands. No, no. <laughs> I strain. A bit of this and that. Mm. Yeah. All right, no more projects. Do you have a project you want to talk about? I'm not very good with projects. I start projects and I never finish projects. Oh. It's a bit of an issue, so we can skip <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we kind of, when we do things like this, you're sort of like, well, I have to, keep going because I'm talking about it to all these people. Yeah. I used to use the blog that way. Yeah. I can honestly say there is an issue here. Okay. And dear sweet Peter would be the first to say projects are not my friend. Not your friend. Okay. Mm. All right. So shall we go on to a little tart? A little tart. And that's a book review. So have you got any books that you, either of you have any books you wanted to talk about or any kind of reviews, anything that's wondrous or astonishing or makes you think why? Well, I found one book that had a title named Wonder because I, I really went looking. Okay. Um, and it was by R.J. Palacio. Palacio? It looks, it looks Italian. And the actual name of the book is Wonder. And it's about death and heaven and love. 
So, I did go up and read a few pages up on Amazon, which is nice. Isn't that nice where you can go up and actually get inside the book and read a page or two? But that was the only book I found that had wonder in the title. But you found one. Well, I had one I read years ago that I loved. And as we have talked before, I'm really into early church history mm -hmm. and early Christianity. And this was a book um, by Donald Harmon Akinson. It's called Surpassing Wonder. And it's about the invention of the Bible and the Talmud. The invention yeah. of the Bible. Yeah, okay. and he, he talks, it's, it's a big book, it was, I guess, six or seven hundred pages, so I can't really get into all the uh, nuances and the huge uh, things he was talking about, but he, one of the things he talks about is how religious leaders in um, history, and maybe now, have separated the people from the Word. Mm -hmm. You know, the intercession of the priests and um, some fundamentalist um, sects. That they don't want you reading the Bible. You know, I was raised Protestant and that was the thing you did. You know, we were handed a Bible about the time we could... Um, yeah, that's talk. right. Third, well, third, <laughs> third grade. grade. Third grade, <laughs> these, these people came in and gave us all a little New mm -hmm. Testament. And um, so... Um, he, he taught, he's basically trying to renew the all for the writings by setting them in their historical and political content. And some people seem to object to that in a way. I've run across it uh, here and there that if you look at the Bible as anything but Scripture, you're being irreverent. Oh but my, this, yeah. they're losing so much because you exactly. have to take the context. Who were the Romans? Who was the controlling party? Uh, why absolutely. did Paul write why, like why, he why? wrote? Yep. Why, why, why? Yeah. And so, um, but I've run into that before. That you know, Because to me, the whole context of the what was going on is the important part. Sure. And to me, this... I, you know, I know nothing about this gentleman that wrote the book, or his his uh, religious feelings or whatever, and he pretty much kept it out. It was a scholarly work, but to me, it was very reverent and very spiritual in his handling of uh, trying to get back. This is people did this, and it was wonderful. Do you know approximately when that book came out? I think it was in the uh, early nineties. Okay, it was quite a while back. You know, when I was really into it. And I had money to buy books back then. Ah. <laughs> so I had several different books. And I can't even remember why I picked this one up. I think it was probably the title, Surpassing Wonder. Which you can take that several different ways mm -hmm. as well. And so that was my one. And then I went looking for Astonishing. Did you find anything with astonishing? Not a blessed thing. I found some quotes, but not a book. Yeah, well, um, you know, I'm also into the science fiction, as we've talked about before. And um, the only thing I found was Josh Wheland wrote the Astonishing X-Men series. I know nothing about X-Men. <laughs> but we all love, all of us science fiction people love Josh Whelan because he did Firefly, which was a series that lasted one year and... Everybody went into mourning after it ended because it was just wonderful. Ah, okay, astonishing, astonishing, yeah. astonishing X Men. Uh, but I know nothing about that. Well, I'll tell you what. I found a great quote from a book uh, from The Awakening by Kate Chopin. Oh yeah, Chopin. I've heard that. Yes, mm -hmm. I, in fact, pray most of us had to in high school or whenever. And this sentence. Gets two of our words. Mrs. Pontellier gave over being astonished and concluded that wonders would never cease. <laughs> That's uh, great. Isn't that good? Mm -hmm. yep. Wonders will never cease. I can hear people saying that. Oh, like grandmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, wonders never cease. Yep. <laughs> Commonality here. Mm hmm. Uh, do you have any more quotes that you oh, think we do need I, to talk about? Do I have quotes, yeah, Leslie? Do, do I have quotes? 
Since we're out with all the ah. books. Okay. Socrates said, Wonder is the beginning of wisdom. You got to wonder first in order mm -hmm. to... And ask why. And ask why. That's exactly right. Or how. <laughs> oh, now this is from one of my favorite environmental writers, ecological writers, Rachel Carson. Mm -hmm. And she said, the more clearly we can focus our attention on the wonders and realities of the universe about us, the less taste we shall have for destruction. We do. We need to go out and experience the wonders that can, are certainly there. Can you read that one again? Sure. It's really nice. The more clearly... We can focus our attention on the wonders and realities of the universe about us, the less taste we shall have for destruction. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. That's a very good one. I don't know if it's true. Some people seem to just be stuck in the destructive tract, but it's Thank a beautiful you. quote. Mm-hmm. Well, she was pretty controversial in her way. Yeah, well, and, and sometimes it's hard to see a point of view that's destructive for those of us that are sort of bleeding heart tree hugger types. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> be There's but, a great article out right now. Uh, it was in the New York Times in the last couple of days by a German forester, forest ranger, that was... His book is very popular in Europe right now, um, but it's about trees having feelings mm -hmm. and how they reach out to each other, mm -hmm. how they send nourishment from their roots to a tree that's struggling, wow. how they grow their branches in certain ways so that, you know, mm -hmm. the sun will come through. I really would like that book. That sounds very interesting. Mm -hmm. And an, another author who we've all read, Jody Pico, um, this is from her book, Change of Heart. She says, words are like nets. We hope they'll cover what we mean, but we know they can't possibly hold that much joy or grief or wonder. Sometimes it's just beyond words, yeah, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. They fall far short. Mm -hmm. Oh, now this was interesting. Celia Green said this one. The way to do research is to attack the facts at the point of greatest astonishment. Now that's interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's right. So we have to think about what's the point of astonishment. Yeah. When the rocket goes up in the air and you're just astonished that such a heavy thing could fly. Every time I fly, I always think that. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, turning on the light switch. I mean, and then there's light. It's astonishing. Yes, a cell phone. How yeah. does that work? Everything. My iPad. Suddenly I'm listening to doo-wop. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a pretty amazing world. A pretty astonishing world. And what? we don't use that word anymore. Not too much. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody says awesome. Yes. To the point where it's, it's really lost meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe astonishing and wonders still have meaning. I think so. Yeah. And they're all slightly different. Different. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah they're definitely they're slightly different. I have one more review real quick. Oh, good. Yeah, um... I joined a yarn club, and I don't know if people realize there are such things as um, once a month, this dyer sends me a skein of yarn, and it's from Unplanned Peacock Studios. She's a girl I knew uh, back when she first started, very successful uh, and talented little businesswoman over in Ferrum, just over the hill here, and uh, this is from her Tail Feathers Club. And she's unplanned Peacock Studio because one day a peacock just showed up on her farm. My goodness. From nowhere, and they don't know where he came from. <laughs> and so she has a, a, this peacock that has lived there for years. And um, but once a month, she dyes up a bunch of yarn, and she mails these out to us. 
So Ooh, we get a surprise. Like Christmas. It's like Christmas once a month. See, now that's a wonder that's and, and an wonder? astonishment. <laughs> and this was just, and it's stuff that I normally wouldn't buy for myself. Because, you know, I, I get in a rut and I go for purple all the time or whatever. And I didn't bring the last one because everybody um, hasn't got theirs yet. But this is this was from the January. It's called Twinkle Twist. And it's 400 yards of superwash merino, nylon, and sparkly stuff. I don't know how you say that. And um, it's a, in the colorway, cotton candy. Oh, that's so pretty. It's pink, it's pink and it's soft, 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 soft. Oh, very soft. And she's just, I, I admire her so much. Um, she's such a talented young woman. She works all the time. They have a farm. They raise Icelandic sheep. And uh, they, uh, she just opened a studio. Um, Gosh, that's the easy road trip. Go yeah, over to Ferrum, Virginia. Over to Ferrum. Yeah. And, that's um, a beautiful part of Virginia. It is a beautiful place. And uh, she, they live in a great big old farmhouse. Uh, I can't remember how many dogs and cats. But, and they have uh, birds. They have parrots and cockatiels and things. So. Still have peacocks? They, I think the peacock's still there. I know there's chickens, but I think the peacock is still there. So, um, I've been since I opened the shop in 2005. She was one of my first vendors. Wow. And she was just getting started back then. And well, now she's just amazing. I'm still stuck on this idea of a peacock showing up. Yeah. I, I mean, that is just an astonishment. <laughs> well, I've had chicken. Yeah, that's a And you'd have to wonder thing. why. <laughs> but, I mean, the idea of a peacock. Just yeah, this peacock just showed up. Showing up. Yeah, maybe sometime we can interview her and get her to tell the whole story because I don't remember everything about it. But I, that was the reason it's the Unplanned Peacock Studio. This peacock just showed up one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so strange. I guess she had chickens already. And I was chicken. sitting outside a cabin one time in the middle of West Virginia, a rental cabin, where that my family had taken me to have a vacation from taking care of my mom in the hospital. They kidnapped me. And, the, and left me there with a bag full of food at this wow. cat. I didn't even know where I was. I was in Doddridge County, or I'm pretty sure. And I got up next morning. I took my coffee. I'm sitting there in the lawn chair. They brought me a bag of books, too. And I'm eating bread and drinking coffee. And all of a sudden, this emu ran by me. <laughs> And I thought, I really needed this vacation, you know. <laughs> you know. They were right. I was mad at my family by saying, I'm seeing emus in West Virginia. <laughs> but it turned out, of course, there was an emu farm down, you know, a few good. miles away. But this emu just went running right Oh, my goodness. So, See, and that is why astonishment does keep you from getting old too quickly. Yeah. I mean, either that or you die early from a heart attack. And you <laughs> right in the middle of nowhere. That's right. That's so weird. That's right. That was great. <laughs> you never know what might come around the corner, so you need to keep your eyes open and be That's right. ready to be astonished. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, that might have been a little unexpected, but we could go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my unexpected. Yeah, that was your Let's let Kathleen talk. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We never said about how we invited Kathleen. Yeah. Les Leslie and I thought, what can we get Kathleen for her birthday? You know, she has everything. You know, we can give her some licorice candy. She loves that. But, you know, we don't know. So we gave her the opportunity to be on our show. Well, I, don't know if she, I don't know if she appreciated it or not as a birthday present. But right, but this is her birthday present. <laughs> but you took a birthday trip too, didn't you? I did. I did. So tell us about your trip. Well, I met up with my old college friend, Bridget, who both of you have met. Oh, she's lovely. Yeah. And so she's been going through a rough patch of um, trying to figure out work at the age of 60 plus and having a body that's aged rather rapidly. And so anyway, it's she was ready for a vacation. So we met up in Fort Myers, Florida, 
Mm. Um, we stayed at a place out on Fort Myers Beach. And so while we didn't have a perfect view of the, the Gulf, we were just, you know, a stone's throw. Um, we did not have to cross any streets. We just walked out down the little path onto the main pathway out to the beach. So nice. it was very, very nice. And the, it was a half of a, a double bungalow. So we had our own kitchen and two bedrooms and a nice living room and a TV, which is very unusual. I haven't had a TV now for several years. And so... <laughs> And this one was big. It was really, really <laughs> big. And that was the one in the living room. And then there was one in each bedroom. Oh, my goodness. So that was that was kind of an experience. An unexpected experience was that. And I can tell you, there are things that um, I, I, I realized I have to watch out. I, either I have to travel more or I can't go anywhere by myself because there are challenges to traveling that I don't remember. I don't and remember. And this is from a woman who's gone to Cuba, India, Hungary, all just these exotic... Just got back from France. <laughs> well, it started with that France trip, though, where there was a little problem for me getting out of the airplane with my passport in hand. So I can tell you, there, that was the first challenge, and that led to slow to go for picking up the suitcase, and then that left me with a delayed suitcase for one week. Mm. So that was France, but now here I am without Peter to sort of, you know, help me <laughs> along, and... We get to the... This was interesting and unexpected and challenging. So I hope I'm not taking up too much. No, So I get in line. We're early. Peter drops me off. I go get in line. And there's not a big, long line at security. And so it fans out. And there's like four different ways to go through, you know, four different... Um, Security checkpoints, yeah, whatever, yeah, where you put the place where you have to take your shoes off, yeah. And so, I happen to get into this very somehow something's wrong and it's not going anywhere. So, then we decide, me and my pals behind me decide, we're just going to go into the one to our left. So, we just kind of filter in with them, and it's not a big deal, it's just that you know, there's so much pressure to get it together when you're getting oh, mm-hmm. going there and so you have to get your your jacket off and you have to get your shoes off and you have to get your belt off or you have to get you know and you have to put everything out and you have to put your little plastic clear bag that has all of your toiletries and you have to and you lay it all out and and you send it through and then you put your little purse or whatever backpack on there and then if you're carrying on luggage um then you put your suitcase on too so i get it all together and i i raise my hands as i go through you know i nothing well actually they did want to pat me down and so this is another thing like why 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 they patted me i had raindrops on my back on my shoulders and that seemed to be Something that they didn't like. Raindrops. Yeah. I don't know. That was kind of weird. So then I'm packing up all my stuff. I'm putting my watch back on. I'm putting everything together. I'm getting ready. And I thought, where's my suitcase? I had, because I was so caught up in trying to feed into this extra, this other line, I walked away and left my suitcase on the other side. Oh, oh no. no. I know. So not smart, right? So then I turn around and I leave everything, including my purse, my wallet, my everything, sitting there and turn around to say, where's my bag? Where's my... Oh, that's mine. And the man on the other side is saying, whose suitcase is this? <laughs> so, okay, there's that. This is where it gets even stranger. 
So he puts it through on the side that's all tied up, the slow, slow, mm. slow side. And they pull it. And it has to wait. Well, the weight, the big weight on that line was a family. And they didn't read the instructions because they had, it was two parents, and they did not speak English, no. with a about an eight-year-old who did speak English but didn't really know all the words for what security was talking no, about. No. And then an even smaller kid. And so they were taking presents, I'm sure. They had bottles and bottles of this and that. I mean, it wasn't like liquor. It was perfume and yeah, all these like things. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. They, it was just crazy. So once, and they had so many bags per person. So even the littlest child had two bags. Mm -hmm. And they were pulling and pulling and pulling. So that was a horrible mess. So then finally the woman whose bag was pulled before mine, and they had to figure out what was in there. It was a rolled up old, old, not that old really, but it was a, a bent up paperback book. They pulled her bag because of a paperback book. Oh. Oh. Why did they book. pull yours? Well, I knew there was nothing in that bag except for cloth. Mm -hmm. I thought, what is their problem? There is nothing in that bag except for cloth. The people went through it, and they said, we don't know why. We have to put it through again. So this is taking more and more time. Oh, and, sure. and so then it was this scarf that I have on around my neck. It was a scarf that somebody gave my mother back in the 50s, I suppose. It's probably from India. And it, oh, has, it has gold thread. It has thread in it that is gold colored and must have some yeah. amount it has some of metallic. metallic. Yep. And it's beautiful. We need to get a picture of that, Leslie, yeah. so we can show I everyone. I mean, I just thought, well, maybe I should have a nice scarf yeah. when I'm in Florida. But this thing cost me <laughs> a lot of time. Well, it probably is real gold thread, mm -hmm. as old as it is. Mm -hmm. But isn't that crazy? Yeah. Whoops, here, you should. That was unexpected. That was very unexpected. Unexpected. It's beautiful. Mm hmm. It's very nice. And my mother never, ever, ever wore it. Never used it. So, so don't, advice, don't take your old, your antique uh, metallic thread. Um, through an airport. Scarf through the airport. Security. I sent it home in the mail. I, I don't blame you. Along with, okay, so you asked about the actual Florida part, and I'll tell you that it rained, high winds, and it rained again, and it was not a week of sunshine sitting on the beach. But because of it, there were so many shells that were coming up onto the beach. The locals said they hadn't seen shells like this in years. Oh, like how nice. 20, 30, people were finding those big conch shells. Oh. I did not. They, But a lot of them, I mean, not a lot. One person had one, and they were putting it back because it still had life inside it yeah. you know you could see this big orange thing inside kind of going uh, yeah. so but the fighting florida conks have you ever seen those are these smaller conks they're about maybe four inches dark mm. brown oh yes yes i know what you mean and they were everywhere oh those everywhere, are beautiful everywhere as in they would you'd walk on the beach and you'd see these little bumps in the sand and then the bumps would start to pop up. I mean, talk about wonder. It mm. was really and astonishing. You'd see these little whoop, whoop, and then you'd see them crawl out, Ooh. and they'd be crawling with the... <laughs> it I've was never seen weird. like that. That's cool. It was really something. And tons of, of starfish. Wow. Lots and lots and lots of starfish. And that's pretty uh, white sand there in it Fort Myers. It's, yeah. It's lovely beach. And they were coming in with plows. I mean, you couldn't believe the number of people out there. High tide was like at 8 in the morning, day after day, and 
people would be out there with their buckets, their plastic bags, and and then you also had we we switched from shells to garbage, mm. which makes me think of the Rachel Carson. Yes, <laughs> very good. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. So we were picking up lots of garbage bags and bags. And Is that stuff that had washed in? Yeah. No. And but we weren't the only ones. Right. And so you can assume that, you know, there was a lot of garbage yeah. along with the shells. So Wow, I bet there was um the pretty rocks. I mean the colored glass, sea glass. I did not see any sea glass. Oh. Hmm. I didn't see, but we did have a lot of different kinds of shells. It was really beautiful. Well, we'll look forward to seeing some of those shells. I know you're going to share them with the school kids at Meadows of Dan Elementary School, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I saw these little books of stickers with shells, and I thought, oh, I can do better than that. I'll, I'll come <laughs> back with real shells, and they can teach her can the first grade teacher can give out a shell for good behavior instead of a go. sticker? That is a great idea. Nice. Yes. So. Astonishing. Astonishment yeah. and wonder and why all that. Yeah. Well, I astonished everybody on Facebook. You astonished everybody on Facebook this morning, but I astonished people on Facebook too. Oh, yes. Tell us. Yeah. Well, I had some problems. You know, I have these rabbits. And they're in my carport temporarily until next spring so that when I can move them into their permanent home over at the farm. And I have had no trouble whatsoever with any kind of uh, predators at all until uh, day before yesterday I came home from running an errand for Dad and there were four to five dogs. There were so many dogs I couldn't really count in the rabbitry oh. trying to get to the rabbits. And I have a barricade so they couldn't actually get to them. But they would have eventually. So that kind of upset me. And uh, I went on Facebook and said, who do the dogs belong to? And nobody really knew. And everybody advised me to call Animal Control. And some of the people that had had experiences with other Animal Control said that won't do any good. But I called Animal Control and they came right up with the trap. Good old Patrick County. Good old Patrick County. I mean, they took me to, they, I called down there reported the problem. And I stressed the fact that they were dogs that might chase cattle, mm-hmm. you know, because I figured, you know, people's cows are more important than my three little rabbits. But I did stress that, that it was a pack and that, you know, something might, they might do some serious damage. And they called me back, like within 10 minutes, wanting to know more details, and then they brought a trap up. And, uh, but I haven't seen the dogs again, but what is astonishing is I'm thinking now, well, how am I going to do this? I have to leave. I can't stay here all the time. And so I got online and I found that if you have an old cell phone kicking around your house, it still will connect to your Wi-Fi. It doesn't have to have a signal, but every now and then we have to, um, replace cell phones. I mean, some people replace cell phones every year. I, said, I do it when I just can't use them anymore. We won't tell anyone that I still have the kind with an antenna. Yeah, yeah I know. But, but go ahead. This is, it has to be a smartphone. <laughs> but anyway, I had, an old, I had a couple of old smartphones that I've had to replace because of different things. But they both still attach to the internet. You can get on uh, in the Google Play Store. I have Android. But probably in uh, iPhone 2, there's an um, application, an app called um, Home Security IP Cam Alfred. You download it to both phones. The phone that you carry around with you is the viewer and then you set up the camera the camera phone in your um, place that you want to guard and you have a free security system. That is cool. It is really cool. I get on here and I punch a button and it pops up and I can see what's happening with my rabbits live real time. It also has a motion detector so if something comes in there it will automatically record what's happening. So if the dogs come back I will have proof that they um, did and then I can run home and get rid of them. And that is free. And it's free. It, it, it has advertisements. You can buy, I think it's like two ninety nine or three ninety nine. You can buy a paid version, and I'll probably do that because I feel like, you know, it's very useful, and I ought to pay these guys for coming up with this genius thing. 
<laughs> that uses an old cell phone that was laying in a drawer. I think that's fantastic. Isn't it cool? Mm -hmm. this is it. So that everybody's been sharing this all over. <laughs> and you were saying about a problem that was, I don't know if you want to go into it, there's a problem in the community that this might solve. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to give it away, though. No, you don't want to <laughs> give it away. But, um, you might want to catch people, right, yeah, doing but, something. You know, so it's, um, I was showing an example of when I left to come over here, it recorded me backing out of the driveway, you know. And uh, I can delete the ones to keep the uh, phone from getting filled up. I delete the ones that are just me walking back and forth and whatever. But, uh, but I can save the ones. I can actually save them. Uh, to, and email um, any recordings to anywhere I want if I need to. Brilliant. It is. It's brilliant and it's just so simple and I was astonished that I had the wherewithal to figure that out. <laughs> well, I'm not that. surprised that you have the wherewithal to figure it out, Leslie. That is your forte. Well, you are very clever. Yeah, desperation breeds innovation. <laughs> So that's my astonishment for the uh, day. Is there anything Very else you good. want to tell, tell us about, though? No, I think we pretty much... Oh, I, how about I'll give you one more quote. Okay. And this is the why, because we didn't cover why. Right, quite, yeah, quite why is, is a big deal. <laughs> and that is a big one. We could probably do a whole program on yep. that sometime. Um, this is something that Eric Tangi wrote. When a human being is born, the first thing he does is crying. The rest of his life, he'll spend discovering why. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. That's a big one, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Our show notes can be found at quincepodcast.com. We're also on Facebook. And on iTunes, you can find us under Beth Almond Ford or Leslie Sheeler or Quince Podcast, although it's a little harder to find us on iTunes. Uh, we have um, really enjoyed this, enjoyed having Kathleen as a guest, and hope you'll come and see us in, or listen to us in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>